the joyous cash oh. Just a bit outside. Now, back to the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Alrighty then. Now, the McFarland Show with Darren and Justin. Second hour on this Thursday afternoon. Darren and Justin here with you. We can watch the show every day on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Our phone line, 615-844-5600. We're live in the Strike and Spare Family Fund Center studio. Another beautiful day. It is. Here in Music City. Although it's supposed to rain a lot this weekend. Saturday especially. Saturday especially. Yeah. We can't really complain. We haven't had much rain. We need the rain. Here. We need the rain. This has been a pretty dry year. Very. Yeah. Let's bring in our man Clint Hurdle, who joins us. The winter meetings here at the... Gaylord Opryland Hotel. Nice rotation that the Major League Baseball does about every, I don't know, about every five years. I don't know the exact. It feels like it's about every four to five years Major League Baseball comes to our fine city and conducts their winter meetings. You really don't see this in any other sport. It's pretty interesting to see everybody meet in one place in an off season, and a lot of business gets handled. You don't see that in the other leagues. Uh he was a skipper of the Rockies, skipper for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's Clint Hurdle. He's on the line with us. Clint, how are we doing? We are doing well. How are you? We're doing fantastic. Juan Soto to the Yankees, huh? That happened in Nashville? <laughs> it did. It did. As a matter of fact, it was happening last night when we were all, most of us were in congregation for the annual Scout of the Year award ceremonies where five people were honored based on geographic uh, you know, areas of their scouting, west, east, mid, um, central. And the, the trade happened, and then there were, I think, some medical reports that had to be looked at a little bit longer and a little bit more attention to detail. And then I guess probably while I was sleeping, you know, they pulled the deal off. They pulled the trigger on the deal. I, I couldn't stay up for it. What? Um, it was that to stay up with the trade or watch Santa Claus three. I opted for Santa Claus three. Um, I like the deal. You guys like the deal? I, I mean, I, Do you I, care? I, I, we're not Yankees fans, so <laughs> it's just. Not. I just like it for baseball. I, I think it's important. It, it would be nice because. Everybody likes it when the Yankees lose. At least most of us do. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad loved the Yankees so much that I didn't like the Yankees at all. I was a Tigers fan. I grew up in Michigan. I listened to Ernie Harwell. Wow. Al was my guy. Good for you. So I was a fan of the Yankees getting beat. I think they've been getting beat long enough that it's time they kind of got back up off the mat. And you know, George used to say it all the time, Steinbrenner. He said the best players in the world need to play in New York City. And I think they got best one of the best players in the world playing in New York City when they got Soto. Well, you dropped a lot of some legends right there. Uh, I was a, a Guardian. I've been a Guardians fan my whole life, an Indians fan, Guardians. Uh, so yeah, I can't root for the Yankees. I mean, as an American League guy, I can't. I just can't root for the Yankees. But I understand. I, I do understand. You know the significance of this. It, it didn't work in San Diego. I, they they went for it, and I do wonder. Kind of your feelings. You you played for, you know, or you you managed two franchises that you know don't spend a ton of money. I know Colorado has spent more, but 
Pirates have always been on the lower end. And you see the top three payrolls this year. They didn't get to the playoffs in a team like Arizona, which was down. They're probably down in the tier, right, with like Pittsburgh and those type of teams to make the run that they did. I'm For you, for some of the lower payroll teams to have some success, that probably made you feel pretty good. Well, I think it, it bodes well for everybody's hope in the systematic way in which they do their developing of players, their roster uh, you know, accumulation. The way, the, the way they put their programs together, you don't have to have the most money to win the most games. Uh, there is something to be said for having money because when you have it, your mistakes aren't as costly. You know, you can throw some more at it in different areas. You have a bigger safety net. Small market teams don't have a big safety net. Pittsburgh, we had we had a limited safety net. Oakland has no safety net. You make a mistake, you pay for it. It can cost you for another year or two. You make a trade, you better win it. You know, you go get your number one picks. You can't miss on them. Your waiver claim guys, uh, all of that has to happen in a perfect storm. Um, but again, there's ways to win without spending the most money. You watch Cleveland got in the playoffs. You watch Tampa Bay. We got a team down here 45 minutes from my house here on Anamory Island. Gets in the playoffs every year yeah. with one of the three lowest payrolls every year. The catch is there's an asterisk. They haven't found a way to win the playoffs. Yeah. You know, Texas threw money at it. They also developed. I think the best programs running are the ones that have money to spend. They hit on the money that they spend, but they continue to find ways to develop their own players, draft and develop their own players, and they've got a load of pitching. They keep finding pitching. That's the it's a it's an arms race for now more than ever before. Clint Hurdle on the line with us, and I I'm I'm trying to get to all the stadiums, Clint, but I haven't. I've I've gone to a lot, but I, I'm not there. I have not completed the checklist. I have told people for years uh, that ask, you know, what's your favorite? I, I still say that PNC Park may be the most beautiful baseball park in the country. I'm sure you're probably a little bit biased. Uh, just the backdrop, just everything, the way it was set up in the city of Pittsburgh, uh, you know, it's a shame that they haven't had more success in that stadium because it's such a beautiful, beautiful ballpark. Uh, 100%. The architectural design group that went in spent so much time on figuring out where the sun rises, where the sun sets, you know, to keep away from shadows, to accentuate the skyline. When sunset hits, the reflection of the sun off the buildings across the river, get the confluence of three rivers. It is, from my mind, I've been to all of them. It's, it's as beautiful as any park out there. And I would argue that when it's full, it's as good as any park anywhere. You know, you get 40,000 people at the top of their lungs. We saw it in 13, 14, and 15. We made three trips to the playoffs. We had the infamous blackout game after we had not been to the playoffs in 21 years and had 20 consecutive losing seasons. That was one of the most memorable sporting events I've ever been a part of. Um, and you're right. It is, it's hard that not more people are able to get there. I've not found anybody that's been from outside the state that's asked me, hey, should I go see a Pirates game? I said, you're doing yourself a disservice if, you, if you're in Pittsburgh and don't see a Pirates baseball game just to look at the park. It's way better when it's full, but even when it's not, it's a beautiful view. Nighttime games are better than daytime games. Well said. Clint, you know here in Nashville, look, you're, you're in the baseball circles. We're, we've, we talk about it all the time here. It has mm-hmm. been a... 
I feel like a, a subject matter that just it will not go away, and we don't want it to go away. But really, don't have any new news. You know, Nashville keeps getting mentioned over and over and over again as uh, you know a, fran- a new franchise for Major League Baseball. Like I said, you're in those circles. There's a group here in place, but I mean, we don't know what to believe. We've talked to the group. We know Dave Stewart is a part of the group. We've talked to him uh, in the past. We've talked to John Lore and the whole group. We just don't know if it really has any legs or not. What are you hearing on your end? Well, I've heard it has legs. Um, I spend time with Pat Williams all the time, the former Orlando Magic GM. Pat's still trying to resurrect baseball in Orlando, and I know he's given it everything he's got. I sat next to Dave Stewart two nights ago for the MLB draft lottery. He was on my left. Um, he was trying to pull that 1-1 for Oakland. They haven't had a first. I haven't had a 1-1 pick since 1965, mm-hmm. and it was Rick Monday. Wow. Um, but Brad Paisley came over to say hello. Um, and I think he knew he, the math was mathing for Brad. He said, Stuart, hey, aren't you involved in the baseball? And Dave's like, hey, I am. We've got a groundswell. I don't think they're blowing horns because they don't want to blow horns yet. I think they're doing their due diligence. I think there's a groundswell. I do think there's traction. I actually believe they're moving some chains. David spoke to Brad as if something's going to happen here in the future. You know, I'm not going to say it's not 10 years away, uh, but it's not tomorrow. It's going to take time. Where are you going to play, right? Yeah. So it's going to take at least amount of time to build a stadium. But you have everything else there that every other city that has a major league baseball team has. you got a football team. you got the Predators. you got Music Row. you got inclusion. you got great community. you got the weather. It, I love the city. My wife gave me the side eye the last time. We sneak away to Nashville every now and then. We saw Vince and Amy sing the Christmas thing, and then I was at the ABCA last year. I was at the Gaylord, and I always go like, hey, this is a pretty, pretty cool, cool place to live. I, I have a tendency to do that wherever I go on vacation. <laughs> um, and she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But I love Nashville. And it's not just, I wouldn't go to Music Row every night, but I just I like Nashville. I got some friends that have moved to Nashville, and they live outside of Nashville. And for my, you know, for my lifestyle and what I like, everything that I want is there. Major League Baseball, the demographics you have, you have, you've shown the ability to carry a hockey team, the ability to carry a football team. Um, I just, I know Dave Stewart, and I don't know if you ever knew of Dave Stewart as a pitcher. Oh yeah, um, probably fierce a competitor mm-hmm. in, in my in my playing time as there was. Dave had one of them stares like Nolan Ryan, where if he kept looking at you, he broke your eye contact. You looked away. He never looked away. You'd look away. And he's looking hard at this thing. He's got a place, I think, somewhere. And, you know, he's got a place there that he's staying in. He's going home for the holidays, but he's coming back. He's working it. He believes in it. He wants to make it happen. I know. I knew it was real when Dombrowski joined up, and obviously the Phillies, you know, they, they got him over there. But there's people involved that aren't there just to hang out. There's people involved that are used to getting things done. So um, if I was a betting man, I'm not. But if I was, I would bet I would bet on Nashville. And if Rob calls me, Manfred gives me a call, I'm going to give you guys two thumbs up. I'm going to say, let's go, man. Get it done. Nashville. I want to ask you a couple of questions that, you know, it's it's because we're not a major league city, we don't get uh, baseball 
people like yourself on all that often. So there's a couple of questions I want to ask you about the game historically, because to be honest with you, sir, the they've changed the rules and the game feels different because they have. And I recognize that, that the game had to change. But there's a couple of things that are going on now that I just wonder about the future of the game. When I was a kid growing up and I'm in my 40s now, sir. You know, you got to magic numbers in order to make Hall of Fame. You know, 300 wins, 5,000 strikeouts, things like that. But the games have changed so much that I'm not sure we're going to see another pitcher get to 300 wins. How do we determine greatness now with the changes in the games that are going to change the numbers of the game? Great question. No, it's a smart question. It's a a really good question because the game has changed the players that play it. I'm not so sure they've changed as much as the game's changed, which has made the players pivot. Yes, sir. In areas. Now, 300 wins, forget it. Nine-inning wins, complete game in the World Series? <laughs> <laughs> Haley's Comet. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we had a guy in Pittsburgh that threw two complete games in the World Series named Splash. I mean, go think of that. Yeah. The, the hard part for me, I'm just going to get this, this is the hill I'm, that I've always taken a stand for, and then we'll, we'll finish up your answer to the question. My challenge is I saw the game pivoting in different directions where, okay, okay, let's be honest. A bullpen game in the World Series, two of them? Hard, hard for me to even watch. A bullpen game. Yeah. Uh-oh, you don't have a starting pitcher. You got a $150 million payroll, and you don't have a starter for game four. Okay. Hard for me just to understand. I get it. And I'm in the game. Uh, a Cy Young winner, and I like the kid, Blake Snell. He's got two more Cy Youngs, and he does complete games in the big leagues. Yes, sir. <laughs> How do you have two Cy Youngs? <laughs> you never throw a complete game in the big leagues. But okay. We've taken the opportunity away from players and pitchers to be great because we try and leverage every little situation you know, in our favor. Um, Blake Snell was the pitcher that got yanked out of the ball game when he was shoving on the Dodgers. The only guy on the planet could have beat the Dodgers in that game. As soon as he came out, the game got away from him. The Dodgers ended up taking the series. Very pivotal point from tipping point from my perspective. We need to allow people to fail to be great. You know, your kids need to fall. They need to scrape their knee, bruise their elbow, whatever it is. Managers need to make bad decisions so they feel it. We've all learned through adversity, and I think we've tried to take that away in some cases. I don't, I don't think it's healthy for the game. And it's taken the greatness out of it in some degree. So to your point, how do we measure greatness? Well, they're trying to find ways. You know, we've got this new number called war, which designates a lot of things. Some guys like it. Some people don't like it. I was going to say, I'm sorry, sir. I don't know what that is. I really don't. Like, and I've heard it explained, but I still don't really understand what what the word number. I can't explain it. I understand it, but I can't explain it. We'll look it up together. We'll figure it out another time. Um, but each, if you have a number of one on your war, it means you're worth about $8 million in today's game. So if you're a three-war player, you're a $24 million player. It's nuts, but it, it does make sense in some areas for the people that are running the game now. And that's the other thing. We've got younger owners, so we've yeah. got younger GMs because we've got younger. I'm a 66-year-old guy. I'm not going to go outside and yell at the clouds. I'm not going to be the grumpy old man. I've learned how to adapt, improvise, and and, and do what I need to do to still be relevant and be impactful. I'm working in the Rocky system now, coaching up the minor league kids and the minor league managers. So when they get there, we know how to play a game of baseball. We're just not hunt, hunting velocity. We're not chasing spin. Um, we're not just playing in small spaces. It's a community game. I tell our players all the time now, sometimes we got an eye problem. It's an iPad 
It's an iPhone. It's iTunes. Yeah. Use the eyes you got that God put in your head. Let's play with those for a little bit and see what happens. So I guess I did sound like the old guy out there. Yeah. Like have a, if just, you have a 12-year-old, I can relate to everything you just said. Just a little. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Hurdle, is there any difference at all these days? And again, I'm from a different era of baseball. I was the last generation, uh, again, gentlemen here in, in these you know early to mid-40s, who, for me, a game between the San Diego Padres and the New York Yankees was weird because that's a National League team against an American League team, and that will only happen in very special occasions. Now that happens all the time. Is there any difference these days between the American League and the National League? Uh, There used to be much more of a significant difference. I played in both back in the day. The National League seemed to play... It was a more aggressive game. Um, they both played baseball. The DH changed everything back in the day. And the American League having a DH, you got nine hitters. The National League, you had the pitchers. Some pitchers could hit. Some, well, even if they could hit, they couldn't hit. But some couldn't hit. More strategy. There's a manager that just got elected to the Hall of Fame, Jim Leland. We used to actually, we disagree 100% on this. He said he had, it was more of a challenge to manage in the American League with the DH on when to take your picture out than it was in the National League because certain times in the National League, you just had to take your picture out. If the spot was coming up and you're mm-hmm. losing, sure, he has a side to his argument, but overall, I think Jim, that don't work. I manage enough games where I have a DH in interleague play. It's not like a night off, but man, you know, I waste a lot of time thinking about situations that aren't ever going to happen in that game because I'm used to thinking about them in the National League game. There's not as much difference now. The game has pretty much calibrated across um, the league. And you know something that a lot of people don't know? The players really enjoy playing those games, those old interleague games. Mm. They really do. Because they want, you know, before you hardly ever got to dip your toe in the other league. Yeah. If it's interleague, it was four teams for the five teams that are in the league. You know, it was like a pop test. Playing three games, you don't see them again. Maybe they come to your place, maybe not. Now... Uh, with the balanced schedule, you get to see everybody. You want to see the stars. You want to you want to go to all the stadiums. So the players do enjoy it. I actually enjoyed it as a manager. But there's probably more parity between the leagues now than ever before. Clint Hurdle, you've teamed up with Matt Farrell for BatAround.com. Tell us about it. Yeah, you can go to the website. It's, let, it's leftbataround.com. And what Matt and I have done, we were just in Nashville. We had a booth set up at the winter meetings. Uh, We had a booth last winter for the ABCA. Uh, We set up a hitting cage at the College World Series. We're out there for 11 days as well. We've gamified batting practice. Uh, For anybody that's got a a young player, we've got six different rounds of games. It's on an app. You can put it on your phone. We combine our app with hit tracks and a hitting facility for the gamification to happen, the optics the six rounds of games to play. Um, it's like top golf for baseball, mm. but you can play it in a small space. You know, you could put one in your basement. You can use it in a high school hitting cage. You can use it in a hitting facility. You can take it to a stadium. You can have a corporate event. You can have fantasy camp. But it takes the fundamentals of hitting and hitting strategy and turns them into a fun game with these mind-blowing optics that you can get on games now with the colors and some of the noise. Um, it's not like pinball, but the noise is a track. There's a crowd roar. 
You know, mm. there's people that you can hear them talking. Um, the rounds are a different test of hitting skills. The biggest thing is we're putting a bat in everybody's hand. You know, we're putting a bat in your sister's hand. We're putting a bat in your daughter's hand. If you want to have a family reunion, everybody's got a swing in them. We wanted to get kids swinging a bat again. And what we found out is by getting the kids to swing the bat, we had lines at the College World Series in Omaha that was taking 30 minutes for them to get a three-minute round of hitting. And they were waiting. And when they were done, they were getting back in line to do it again. Um, grandparents, <laughs> you know, my dad's going to be 90. We're going to crank him up in a game hopefully <laughs> after the new year. Um, the fans love it. It gets them an opportunity to swing again. Everybody's got a good swing. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that think they're still pretty good hitting coaches, right? Yeah. They can tell you how to hit. Well, yeah. this gives them a chance to go in there and hit. The biggest gift for me in all of this is through the prompts on the game when it comes up, we, we have six, six different rounds. Some of it's hitting the ball hard. Some of it's hitting the ball directionally. Some of it's performing an offensive fundamental. If you've got to move a runner, you've got to throw a runner from third. That game's called lunchbox. You know, bring lunch pail. I mean, bring your lunch pail to, to work. Laser show is hitting it hard. Walk-off. You know what a walk-off win is, right? Mm-hmm. Now, some of the bases loaded, and there's a run, bases loaded, and there's two outs, and you're up. Do you win or don't you? Um, it teaches them to get points. You've got to hit the ball in certain areas. So it's not all about power. It's not all about leverage. It's about directional hitting, finding the barrel. And to speak to the point that we've, we've talked all around it, what you don't hear in the game of baseball much anymore is he has a feel to pitch or he has a feel to hit. Greg Maddox, truthfully, would have a mm. hard time probably getting into the game now. Once he got in, he'd make his own way, but the velocity's not there. There wasn't a ton of spin. He had some horizontal vertical movement. Crazy. But we're looking for bigger numbers. We're looking for shiny objects. And a lot of – hey, David Eckstein, you ever heard that name? Oh, yes, yeah. sir. He was a World Series MVP. Mm-hmm. David's one of our guys on our hitting legend council. Todd Helton's on the hitting legend council. Fred McGriff. David says, I wouldn't even get trapped in today's game. I couldn't even make a team. They, they look right over the top of my head. So what we've done is just watered it down back to its basic level. Let's go have some fun and let's hit. And the game teaches kids, or who anybody who picks up a bat, teaches them how to hit a ball and how to handle the barrel. Let's bat around. I love Stop it. Down. As a guy that coaches 12-year-olds, you said you want to get their attention, turn it into a game. You have their attention. Game on. Um, that's great. Let'sbataround.com is where you can go find what Clint was just discussing uh, and describing. That sounds like a whole lot of fun, and I am indeed Going to check it out. Clint, we really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks Thank you so you, much Thank for you. doing this. You're welcome. It was a lot of fun, guys. Have a good day. All right, you too. That is Clint Hurdle, former manager of the Colorado Rockies, former manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates, now is doing work, a scout work for the Colorado Rockies, as you just heard him, and uh, has also teamed up with Matt Farrell. Let's bat around.com. Go check it out. Uh, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to look mm-hmm. forward to that. We'll take a break. We're wide open the rest of the hour. If you want to get involved in the show, 615-844-5600 is how you get in touch with the McFarland Show, Nashville Sports Radio. Fill the halls with shouts of winning. Tis the season to be giving. Instant games to friends and family. 